Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie, he was a co-host on the US version of Top Gear, and his current stand-up special is called, It's Scary In Here, it's available for you free on YouTube. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. so glad you guys are here because it is showtime. We have another great show for you again this week. My guest in the ADD interview is actor, writer, comedian, game show host, and his name is Ben Glebe. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link, and join our conversation. And our superfan shout-out is for Nick. Say hi to Nick. Hey, Nick. Nick, that's my beautiful wife, Alex, and it's just the three of us. Stern is at the U.S. Open. Uh, he's working hard today. And Phil is still adrift. So it's me, you, and Nick. <laughs> I was going to say the three of us. Yeah, it's me, you, and Nick. <laughs> okay. Yeah, And Nick said, what? No <laughs> Lancaster, Pennsylvania dates? Because you posted a, a tour poster on Instagram. And uh-huh. I'm going to Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. And I'm going to Newtown, Pennsylvania. And uh, apparently he wants me to go to Lancaster. I don't know how far it is, but... Get an Uber, Adam. I, now, I'm, I'm like DoorDash comedy. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the thing. That's well, Or you should start it. Well, you know what's cool is um, Ben Glebe started the Nowhere Comedy Club, which is basically, it, it's you can have the comedy show come to your house over Zoom, but it's all dressed up. It's really, oh. yeah, it was really cool. He did it during the pandemic and it's still going on, which is something I'm thinking of doing. Right. Well, how does it work? You get, He's actually got a studio in his house. You stand in a house, he's got, and people can... Uh, can sign on to the show. It's like a, the audience is like the Brady Bunch. Yeah, you get a big big boxes and stuff, and you play uh, to everybody, and you can and you can and hear them clap. They and leave their mics on. You can hear them. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, you should try that. I, I'm thinking of doing it. Yeah. Because apparently it, people aren't coming from Lancaster, so I got to go to Lancaster. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go over Zoom. There you go. So yeah, so Ben Glebe, that, that's one of the things he did. He also uh, he also hosted the news. Um, he was a game show host. He was a really interesting guy. And one of the things I found really interesting is he's got ADD as well, but he didn't get diagnosed till he was in his 40s. Or he put it off. 
until he was 40. You know, because I think you're born with it, aren't you? I, look, at this I don't know. I just, I, I'm, I'm affected by it. I don't know. I don't know no. how it got here. It's just something I got to deal with. When did you get diagnosed? I do, I'm pretty sure I was a kid because I remember in the second grade they said, come with us. And that's when everything <laughs> oh, <no>. changed. Yeah. <laughs> that's when everything changed. I, uh, we were in these little reading groups and uh-huh. uh, they took the book. And I was like, this isn't good. You're taking the book. So. <laughs> they took the book away from you. Yeah. But I, I think the second grade, but I'm not sure. Oh. Well. My mother would know. Hey, let's call your mom. Call my mother? Yeah. At the, all right, but you're going to hear about dinner. <laughs> Look what time it is. We're, gonna, we're either going to hear about dinner or, God forbid, somebody died. We're going to hear about that. So you want to take a chance? Yeah, let's take a chance. All right. It's either dinner or death, but we'll call my mother. <laughs> Find out. Hello. Hi, Ma. Who is this? Who, how many people call you Ma? <laughs> oh, hey, Phil. <laughs> yeah, it's me, Phil. <laughs> I love you and I miss you. What are you doing? I have a chicken cutlet stuffed with brisket, mm-hmm. pimentos, and what's it else? And I'm heating it up because I'm hungry. <laughs> All right. Well, Ma, I wanted to ask you. When I was a kid, I, I had trouble focusing. I still do have trouble focusing. Did you notice that? What do you mean by focusing? Like I was, I was always all over the place. Well, you never stayed still. Even now, you walk up and down, up yeah. and down, up and down. Yeah. Yeah. Nervous energy. Yeah, that's what? he's got a lot of nervous energy. What? Yeah. I Just th- being hyperactive. It's it's not nervous energy. It's like I got to move. If you stay still, it bothers you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's tougher to hit a moving target. <laughs> <laughs> but that's your personality, kid. Hmm. Do you have that? Uh, no, I can sit still. How about I don't pa- know who the hell you take after. Ma, was I adopted? Are you what? Was I adopted? No, you were not adopted. Uh, d- Are you kidding me? All right, I, I don't know, Ma. First just- of all, we were married and I was young. Right. We were two young kids. Mm-hmm. We didn't know nothing. So the first year or two... We were always arguing. Mm-hmm. So after two years, everything was calm. Then you figured, let's steal a child from the mall? Oh, Adam. Goodness. Oh, God. <laughs> all right, Ma. I thought you might remember at what age I got diagnosed with ADD, but it's all right. You doing okay? I'm hungry. <laughs> all right. Let well, her eat, Adam. All right. Well, I love you, Ma. I love you. All right. I'll call you tomorrow, okay? Okay, bye. All right, bye. Honey, I think my mother has ADD. She didn't answer the question at all. No, she didn't. No. But at least we know there's a stuffed chicken cutlet for dinner. There you go. Yeah. She was hungry. She needs to eat. Yeah. So anyway, we don't know what age I got diagnosed, but Ben Glebe was in his 40s, and it was a, I really enjoyed our conversation. So you guys listen to this, and we will see you on the other side. Difficulty staying on task, being easily distracted, constantly losing things and never finishing projects, all are telltale signs of adult attention deficit disorder. Lots of people think they may have adult ADD, but sometimes symptoms are the result of other issues. Because I'm hungry. (laughs) All right. You're listening to the Adam Ferrara Podcast. This is 30 minutes you will never get back. Can I go now? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, 
it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I have got some stand updates for you. I hope you come see me on the road because I will make you laugh. September 16th, I am at the Opera House in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. September 17th, I am at the Newtown Theater in Newtown, Pennsylvania. September 23rd and the 24th, I'm in New York City at Gotham Comedy Club. October 6th, special show at the Gilmore Car Museum in Richland, Michigan. October 7th through the 9th, I will be at the Chicago Improv. October 14th and 15th, I will be at the Arlington Draft House. And October 20th through the 22nd, I will be at the Comic Roadhouse in Uncasville. Connecticut. Grab your aunt, grab your uncus, and come and see me. Uh, there's a link for tickets right here in the show notes, or you can go to my website and click the link there, and you know I want to say thank you. Yes, I do. If you can make any of these gigs, please come up after the show, and let me thank you for the love and support you've shown me and this podcast. All right, go on. You know, get out of here. ADHD, it's not just for kids. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! My guest this week is an actor, stand-up, game show host, and virtual comedy club owner. You know him from Chelsea Lately, the game show Idiot Test. His new special is called The Mad King, and it's available for you right now, free on YouTube. He responds well to pressure, he's dreaded being called on in class, and he went to therapy because of a parking lot fight with coffee creamer. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Ben Glebe. How are you? I'm good, Adam. How are you? I'm good, my friend. Thank you so much for doing this. My pleasure. What a what a great, unique intro. My goodness. <laughs> well, you just did it. I just put it together, Ben. This is this is your life, my friend. This is a strong point. I take it all back. I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> that's good yeah and i and i was listening uh to the mad king this morning your special it's great uh i really enjoyed it laughed out loud a couple times and i wanted to ask you about the, the parking lot fight with the guy with the yes. big jug of coffee creamer in his hand yes yes that was a low point in my recent life <laughs> whenever you think you've got whenever you think you got life figured out you get yeah. splattered with a man's coffee creamer in a parking lot <laughs> with your parents there, and your 70-year-old mother has to break up a fight, and you realize you maybe need a little professional help. <laughs> yeah, oh, I got to hear this story. So I you know, went drinking after a night out doing a gig at, at a Supernova in L.A., mm -hmm. and I drank too much, so I Ubered home, and I had forgotten that my car was, the next morning, forgotten it was in a parking lot still. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to pay for the Uber to go pick up my car, so I did what any responsible 
43-year-old man would do, I called my parents for a ride. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they gave me a ride. And it was a nightmare ride already because my dad was doing a bunch of things that were quite frustrating in the phone call, asking me to reset passwords, <laughs> that somehow parents have the ability to lose them so deep in the Internet that they can't be found, you can't reset them. <laughs> I mean, it's unreal. Like Somehow, like, I'll, I'll say to my dad, like, come on, how can you not reset this password? It's very easy. You just click forgot password. He hands me the phone. I'm like, you, you've somehow done it. I can't fix this either. What have you done? How did you? And I get to the parking lot already, already frustrated, and the attendant towed my car. And the guy, the guy I was already having lot. a bad day. Parking lot attendant towed my car, and I asked him why, and he said he needed the spot. And I looked around the parking lot, and it was near empty. I was literally helping this parking lot's business. I was helping them look like an attractive parking lot to keep your car in. Right. And he did it just to be a dick. And I lost my temper. Mm. And I took my sunglasses off, and I threw them on the ground. And I figured, why not destroy more of my own property? <laughs> okay. And I did not anticipate they would bounce and almost hit the guy in the face. And he was on a smoke break, and right. he immediately starts trying to burn me with his cigarette. I'm now immediately in a firefight <laughs> with no warning, and my father tried to get in the middle, and my dad starts speaking to the guy in Spanish, so now I have to go translate through my dad, so I'm trying to have a fight while asking my dad, that's not quite what I said, Pop. Do you mind <laughs> translating a little more accurately while I'm about to get burned to death? And then his buddy from another parking lot comes over and tries to help him. The guy's holding a one-gallon coffee-made creamer, and he undoes the top and throws it on me. <laughs> and I'm now covered in vanilla creamer in this parking lot. And I'm soaking wet, and it smells good because it's vanilla, but I'm very wet. And he starts swinging at me, and my 70-year-old mother had to get in between me and this parking lot attendant. Ugh. And... At that point, I, I realized maybe a little therapy could not hurt, oh, and wow. I decided to try therapy for the first time in my life. <laughs> That's Look, I was just depressed, Glebe, but you, you got a story. Yeah, look, if, you're, if your life's going to take a dark turn, you may as well get a bit out of it. Sure. That's what I believe. Yeah. It's probably what so much of what has led comics down bad roads is like, I probably shouldn't be doing this, but hey, it'll be a great bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, well was there funny in the house growing up? Were your, your mom and dad funny? They were, yeah, very funny in different ways. My mom, very sarcastic, quiet and sarcastic. Mm. And my dad, just like a showman, should have become an entertainer, never did it, regrets it to this day. Uh. And just cracking jokes with every human possible, from good jokes to dad jokes, probably tending towards the dad joke side of that spectrum. Mm. And uh, just always, always funny. I mean, to the point of like, where I do this virtual show now at Nowhere comedy called Glebe Off the Top, mm -hmm. crowd work and improvised madness, and I've had some of the greats as as, as my special guests, Proops and yeah. Colin Mockery and and uh, Jamie Kennedy and all these great people. And my dad has been my special guest twice, and he kills it for two hours of improv. That's great. What does your With dad no do? What's his profession? He's retired now, but he was a real estate broker for a long time, property manager, and then mm. became a luggage salesman for many years. Oh, my God. And, I uh, worked at E. Vincent Luggage in the Walt Whitman Mall on Long Island. Oh, damn. Okay. I, I sold Hartman luggage. I sold you lock bags. I had any kind oh, of attache yes. you want. Yeah, lock bags, Hartman, big thing for sure. The, mm. the Briggs and Rileys of the world. Sure. And uh, my dad, he, he loved it, loved talking to people. He was at a store called Savinar Luggage, and, like, the mayor would come in, and all these old stars would come in, and he loved that more than anything. But he refused to learn how to use the uh, 
the engraving machine that would mm. put people's initials. Right. The the monogram machine. He refused to do that. Parents don't like to learn how to do stuff. Now, nah, there's a point where you go, enough. I'm not. There's nothing. Yep. There's no more room on the hard drive. This is what I know. I'm there. I'm there, Ben. Ben, I have, <laughs> I have all these TVs in my house. I end up watching football on my phone standing over the sink because I know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of inefficiencies in our brains. And I've kind of hit that breaking point, too, where I'll criticize my dad for not learning new things. And then I'll turn to my fiance and be like, oh, how do I log into this? Yes, so I, yes. I, I, at the same time, I don't quite get it. And also, like, there's these little efficiencies. Inefficiencies that I think are, I don't know if that's just a comic brain or just any human mm. trying to make his way in the world, but like you say, standing over the sink watching football reminds me of like the times when like I'll, I'll, I'll like use the restroom and then, or I'll be like about to like take my pants off to go to bed and then I'm like, oh, I have to close the window and lock the door and I'll walk around the house with the pants around my ankles. Oh, yeah. Hurting my back instead of lifting them up and rezipping them. Yep. I'm like they're already down, yep. and I'm like like a child, like a like a toddler walking around my house in my pants. We're idiots. Yeah, what do you think? You're the only one. Do you know how many times I've made coffee or something in the kitchen? I've spilled some on the, on on the floor, and rather than wiping it up, I'll use my sock as a mop. I've done that <laughs> three times a week. That happens. Interesting. You should start buying brown socks. Yes, but you, uh, you, you were recently. You know, we just. I, I, you were recently diagnosed uh, with ADD, which I thought yep. was amazing because I have it. I got it as a kid, and I had it way before it was cool. You know, I had it. You know, when they would just the treatment was this. Sit down. That was it. <laughs> but you got a great bit in your act. I wanted to play. I uh, sure. I'm 43 years old, and I was diagnosed this year with ADHD. It's kind of late for the diagnosis, but <laughs> I never knew I had ADHD, despite the thousands of people who've told me over the course of my life. <laughs> and I'm on Adderall now. This is a miracle pill. It's a miracle pill. It helps you remember what you're supposed to focus on in your life. I just wish there was a pill to remind me to take that pill. <laughs> I love that joke. You know why? My favorite supplement to take is my vitamin C because it turns my pee yellow. And when I pee yellow, I know, oh, I've taken my vitamins. I'm okay. Well, I, I, I hate to break this to you, Adam. Your pee's supposed to be yellow. I don't know what your pee color was before, but... What, was it purple before? What, what no, kind no, of? It was blood red. There was an issue. No, it, was, it, makes, it, it makes it like highlighter yellow. I'm like, oh, it's nuclear oh, yellow. Okay. I've, I've taken my supplements. That's better. But That's how, how you so, remember afterward. Afterwards, yeah. So you got diagnosed in your 40s. How, was there an incident? What happened? Were you hopping in your pants and your fiance said, maybe you should see somebody? Sadly, that's another issue we have still yet to diagnose. <laughs> um, <laughs> the ADHD, it came from the fact that I would still have these enormous to-do lists every day. Mm -hmm. And my fiance would come back from like normal person work and be like, did you do your things today? And I'm like, I got zero of them done. Right. Or maybe one if it was an efficient day out of a list of 20 things. And I just couldn't focus. And she recommended that I meet with a psychiatrist to see if I had ADD. And five minutes into describing my life to the psychiatrist, including an anecdote like... Uh, I just don't get around to things. Like, for example, I recorded a stand-up album in Atlanta uh, that Margaret Cho kindly produced for me. Mm -hmm. This is uh, that I haven't released, and this was six years ago. I still haven't gotten around to releasing it. And she's wow. like, yeah, you have a severe case of ADHD. Wow. Did they give you the test? Like, do you interrupt? Do you do that? Because they gave me the test. I was diagnosed. Ben, halfway through the test, I couldn't focus. The doctor's like, I think you got it. <laughs> uh, they didn't give me a test. No, she just could tell my general demeanor mm -hmm. just off my vibe she was like you you got a problem son 
Wow. And did, did they put you on uh, Ritalin? Adderall? They put me on Adderall. And I really liked it. It's actually the only, that clip that you played, it has the only two words that I regret from the special where I called it a miracle drug. I mean, I know it, it does work great for a lot of people, and mm-hmm. it worked for me for the first six months when I recorded the special, but I actually just quit it because it was, it was not helping me focus after all because – and this might be, you know, I don't know if it's a compliment or, or an insult to my brain, but what it, like, it doesn't just help you focus. It's supposed to help you, like, realize what's important to, to get done. Like, you yeah. kind of connect to your priorities. But I hacked it. I, like, convinced myself that things that were not important were important to my day so mm-hmm. I could relax and then focus. Yeah, it's, it was ben, a problem. it's speed. That's all it is. It's salt-based amphetamine. Yep. I told because yep. when they gave it to me, I, I took it and I went, I know this feeling. I stopped taking it. I'm like, this is speed. I know what this is. Same. Yeah, I stopped it. And it was making me very emotional. I was like crying randomly. Really? I'm a grown man. I would like minor things would happen. I'd be, I'd be crying. I was also getting very irritable. This mm. was also the parking lot fight, for example, happened one week into being on Adderall. So that's a good example. Yeah. Right. There's speed's a bad drug. It's just, it's yeah. just a bad drug. Weed is kind of like, you never really get in a fight on weed. You're like, look, can't we just talk about it? Maybe get some donuts. Let's just do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't make mm-hmm. you that aggressive. But this <laughs> this joke I love from your act, too. You ever accidentally smuggle drugs across an international border? <laughs> <laughs> I've done it. I had to go do shows in Canada a couple years ago. And uh, comedy clubs put you up either in a hotel or in a comedy condo that they own. And when, you, when they have a comedy condo, you stay in the same place every year. So luckily, that's the place that I happened to accidentally smuggle drugs to, a place where I would return. I looked in my bag as I was unpacking, and I saw a full eighth of weed. And I thought, okay, I'm going to hide this here somewhere so a comic in the future could enjoy this. And I saw a display case with a vase in it. And I thought, that would be perfect. No one uses those dumb vases. And I open it, and I'm about to drop the eighth of weed in there, and I see another eighth of weed in the vase. Another comedian had the same exact thought, so I realized I had to smoke his weed, of course. So I grab his weed, and I smoke it, and the second I smoke it, a memory hits me. I put that there two years earlier. That's great. I could just remember. I could just see you just sitting there when it, when you first come out of the weed. You're like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> It was amazing. It was right after I got high again when you get that next level of clarity. And I was uh-huh. like, wait, deja vu just hit me in a very strange way. Yeah. And I realized it was mine. The part I didn't share in that story and probably shouldn't share now, but I will share now. Mm-hmm. But just so you know, this is not true for legal reasons. This obviously is a comedic em- embellishment, but it wasn't just weed that I found in that bag. I'd also accidentally, perhaps potentially, allegedly also smuggled over a baggie full of like uh, 10 Molly capsules. <laughs> Okay, well, there's that. So, that's a separate vase, Ben. That's a separate. Well, no, that's not even a vase. What I did with that one, potentially, off the record, mm. didn't actually do it. But if I had done it, what I would have done, it's like the OJ t- book. Yeah. If I did if it, I this did is it, how yeah. I killed them. Uh, I might have tried to, or would have tried to find some industrial grade duct tape in right. the comedy condo and tape the baggie to the back of a painting on the wall so it would always be there. Oh, wow. And nobody would know. That's now you're thinking. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if you ever go to a certain province in British Columbia, <laughs> let me know and I will uh, go behind give you the, the go behind the blue boy painting. <laughs> yep. He's going to be a lot more than blue in a few minutes. <laughs> 
Well, I'll tell you this. Weed actually helps the, the my ADD better than the Adderall did. I don't know why. Yeah. I think I – mean, yeah. here's what I think is I think it, it knocks out my anxiety so I can focus better. So I think it just – it moves the – because a lot of my ADD is com- comes from not being able to focus – but I think it also comes from running away from an emotion before it comes up. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, it does. I think that that's what it does for me. And we just kind of makes that anxiety go away. So now I can focus and get stuff done. Yeah. I just found a gummy that a friend of mine uh, recommended to me that helps me focus. It's, mm. it's a weed gummy. That's pretty good. Um, although he also has had drug problems in the past and has gone off the rails. Right. So I don't know that he's the best person to be taking the advice from. But I also have been experimenting a little bit with microdosing of mushrooms. And I feel like that's pretty solid too. A lot of people are using that. Kind I, of haven't, sort of focus I haven't gotten be... like I'm, I've been starting to read about it. I was watching. What was I, what was I just? Oh, DiStefano just took mushrooms for the first time. Um, but I got friends that microdose and they swear by it. I, I have, have you? What 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 would you think the benefit would be? Have you tried it or have you had any? Um... I have tried it. Yeah, yeah, I have tried it. The only negative is that I've enjoyed full dose dosing. So oh, yeah. micro dosing, you sometimes you're just like, when does it become fun? Yeah, you're teasing <laughs> just, me. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. It's like, oh, you're just walking by in the bar. We don't actually get to go home and fuck. All right, fine. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but I have tried the micro dosing too, and it just feels good. But I was just in Amsterdam, and in Amsterdam, the micro dosing is one gram, whereas here in the States, it's 0.1 gram. So mm-hmm. microdosing there is 10 times more than a microdose. <laughs> it actually starts to kind of overtake you, and it's like just on the verge of tripping, whereas microdosing here, it just kind of you very lightly feel like kind of like turned up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit like that Adderall feeling without, you know, wanting to fight parking lot attendants <laughs> and destroy your life. So it's it might be a good middle ground. I need to dive in deeper. Yeah, I, here's the thing that that, that I always – I'm cautious of. I don't want to have to get need something to survive. You know, yeah. that's why I went to meditation. I'm like, I'd rather do something I can do. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be beholden to anybody else or anything else that I once I can't get it now. Now my life is different. You know, I don't know if that makes that's true. You know, yeah, and I don't even like the idea of being on something every day, being reliant on something every day. How long is it going to last? Are we going to be seventy yeah. still needing to get shit done and taking the same drug every day? So, damn it! Now my whole plan is out the window. I don't know what the move is now. Meditation? <laughs> what kind of meditation do, do you do? Do you recommend? Um, I have. Uh, I started. Um, my meditation teacher, uh, his name is Dean Slider. He's got a book called Natural Meditation, which kind of demystifies everything. You know? Yeah. It uh, basically it. After you do it, you 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 can observe your. It, it gave me perspective to observe the shit I was doing myself. If that makes any sense. It's like here's 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 your condition response to what you to, to how you behave, and it gives you a perspective where I'm not identifying with those condition response. I can see what they are objectively, and then I can make a different I like choice. That. I like that a lot. I would like to check that out. Although I don't know how I feel about a meditative teacher mm-hmm. being named Slider. That sounds a little bit. <laughs> Lucy goosey for a yeah. guy that's supposed to t- take it to the next level. Yeah, he, he was in the original Top Gun. He was one of the pilots, and then that went bad. <laughs> He's delicious when he comes in threes yeah. as a mini burger. <laughs> well, I'll send you the book. I'll send you the book and see if you get any Please. use out of it. Yeah. I, have, I would uh, love that. Do thing. you process better by listening or by reading? I process pretty well both ways, but mm. reading, I think, sticks in my brain better because okay. I, I, I have that voice 
where I read out loud. I read very slowly, so mm-hmm. I read. So I'm getting kind of both. I kind of hear it and see it when I read. Okay. But listening is totally fine too. I just ask you I, I, one because I was interested because I uh, I'm dyslexic too. I got I got a bag full of problems, man. So I'm dyslexic Jesus. too. So I uh, I process better by listening, and that's how I get into comedy because I got those comedy albums when I was a kid, and I would just play them over and over again, and they would keep me company. Ben, I used to record the television on a reel-to-reel tape recorder that my grandfather gave me, and I would record wow. and I and just listen. So the rhythms and stuff. That's how I would uh, listen and process stuff. That's true. Audio actually is a great way. I mean, I remember that's how I first got into stand up. This 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 special that I just dropped uh, is my ode to George Carlin. He's the reason I'm a comic, and I still have it right here in the background. My George Carlin playing with your head audio cassette uh-huh. is the album that like made me want to be a comic, and I, I love how he can be both commenting on the world and silly as can be. Yeah, I just love that about him and the rhythms of his voice and the way he, he uses his voice as an instrument, not just being monotone like I feel like most comics are these days. He kind of really tries to bring a lot of different flavors to what he does. That's something I really love about George. Also, I find it fascinating that you have both ADD and dyslexia. So oh, you, yeah. you don't even have ADD. You've got dad or something. <laughs> Yeah, I got I got a lot of problems, man. I got and Carlin for me. I'm actually looking for something to show you. Carlin for me um, was one of those cassettes. My aunt gave me a cassette of George Carlin. Check it out. We this got, is my playing with your head cassette right there. Yeah, yeah. I had a class clown, and then I had a bootleg where she just made one on a Memorex tape, uh, a Memorex tape. And yeah. just this, and I would walk around, and it was just, Walkman's just popped up, and I was walking around listening to that. All my other friends were listening to music and stuff, which I'm really into music as well. But the comics just spoke to me because Evening at the Improv was this weird little show that you could kind of get on the black and white TV in your mother's in your mother's room, uh, but you never knew what time it was on. It would just pop up, and it was just enchanting mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, I love that you think that a Walkman you had to walk around listening to. It. <laughs> <laughs> That's the ADD. I couldn't sit still. I had to go. <laughs> this thing says walk, man. So yeah. I'm walking. I'm, I'm doing. I'm doing what it says. So <laughs> your new special, The Mad King, you recorded it uh, Philadelphia. Yep. And um, one of the jokes on it was uh, I thought I thought was 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 very funny. And um, the 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 germ joke uh, really spoke to me. I want I want to play this. <laughs> We've had weird hypocrisies with germs for a very long time, even pre-pandemic. People never wanted to share cups with anybody else. That was always a big line for people. Like you'd be at a house party and you'd put your cup down and you'd come back and now there's another cup near your cup. And you'd be like, I'm sorry, is this your cup or my cup? <laughs> but then we would all go outside in that same party, stand in a circle of 16 people and pass a joint around. <laughs> we'll just suck on the same wet paper. <laughs> Soggy, disintegrating, wet. Let's get another, pass it around and get this bukkake joint going around one more time. <laughs> Let's get more people. Can we get 40 salivas on here? That was funny. <laughs> Thank you very much. It is, it, it is just so true. It's like, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the liquid or something, but like, we really have that very weird double standard. Mm-hmm. Like there's like, and it shows you how badly we, we want to get high too. It's disgusting. You get that wet joint. It's truly soaky wet. And you're yeah. like, I'm, I'm in, I guess. Yeah. No, not me. I'm a, I, I'm no. a shotgun me. I'd rather do that. <laughs> I'd rather that I'm not That's going better. anywhere near this. I'm just I, I can't do it. Smart. Well, let me Very ask you smart. this: what when you went back back to doing stand up because you created the Nowhere Comedy Club, and for those of you who don't know Nowhere Comedy Club, COVID hits, 
and comics are home and marriages are about to break up because we're <laughs> we can't be you know bridled we have to walk the walkman says walk the comic says tour right <laughs> so you started nowhere comedy club which was essentially if I, if i understand correctly it's a zoom show yeah yeah it's i mean zoom like taken to the nth degree basically i had this idea to try to uh be able to create live touring without needing to be in person in front of people. Mm -hmm. And I just closed my eyes for a second. We were against the wall and all clubs closed and we didn't have a, a, a way to make any money mm -hmm. and people around the world didn't have any entertainment. I thought, how can we recreate live entertainment, live, live stand up without leaving the house? And I thought if you use a video conferencing platform and we'd tested a bunch and zoom was the best and just let the audience turn their cameras on mm -hmm. and their mics on, mm -hmm. which a lot of shows didn't do at first. And then if we produced on top of it, so we figured out how to make it like next level, like truly feel like live performance. Like we would have showroom managers around the world that would virtually manage the audio and lower the audience's mics down so they'd be about the same audio differential as a comic with a mic on a stage versus people who are in the audience. And we'd mute them and they'd monitor the audio and bounce people out if need be and had pre-show music vibes and pre-show videos of upcoming shows and customer service and just created a full feature experience of a night out. So compared to most shitty Zoom shows, ours really feels, and we, we're still doing it, really feels like a night out at a club. Mm -hmm. And then we took it a step further and built an actual studio in my home here in LA and it's this beautiful studio where you're surrounded by 30 feet of video screens and you stand on an actual stage and you perform and you see your audience surrounding you just like in a theater or a club and it was so successful I've had Bill Burr perform two hours of stand-up right here in my house. Sarah Silverman, the Sklar Brothers, Daniel Van Kirk, Jay Moore, James Adomian, John Cleese, and I do a show together here mm -hmm. called Cleese Leave Me Alone <laughs> with his daughter Camilla as well. And it's insane. And we figured out how to really make it so that it's not going to replace touring. Touring is still better, mm -hmm. but it's, it's as close as you can come. It's way better than those stupid honking your, your car horn driving shows that we oh, did during the pandemic. I did those. God. So stupid. Yeah. So I was stupid. like working on coming traffic. Yeah, exactly. The worst sound for everybody in life became laughter somehow. I don't know how they did that. How about actual laughter sounds better? And mm -hmm. so we created this thing. We've had like a bunch of New York Times profiles, and people can go check out what shows we have at NowhereComedyClub.com. But we just brought back The Green Room with Paul Provenza. Mm -hmm. There's another one coming soon. Set List is going to be at our club. I do the show Glebe Off the Top all the time. I have one September 3rd. I have one October 1st. And... um it's a really cool way to see a show so us comics now don't have to tour 50 weeks a year. We can tour the cities we have bigger followings then offer virtual shows mm -hmm. when we don't and give everybody in the world a chance to get a ticket. And there are all these sub-communities, too, we never real. Yeah, there are all these communities we never realized didn't even have a chance to ever see stand-up, even pre-pandemic, like disabled people, people with social anxiety, agoraphobics, those that can't afford a full night out, those mm -hmm. that live in remote, boonie-ass areas and nobody comes and performs in their town, they can now see their favorite comics live for way cheaper than going out for a full night out. So it's been a really cool thing, and uh, you know, like I said, it's kind of an autopilot now, so I was able to return to my stand-up full-time and just kind of manage this thing on the side, and we got a great team running it. But it's been really cool. That's great. I mean, you you saw you, you saw a need for something. You fulfilled the need, and and you made it better than people's expectations. You're you're in your living room with thirty screens. You're like in a Buffalo Wild Wings. You're just sitting around. You got all these. <laughs> 
without the bleach smell. Yeah, without the bleach smell and that, and that, and that vinegar stink in the bathroom when someone dropped it because they dropped a wing behind a toilet that hasn't been cleaned up in a couple of weeks. Yes, vinegar, bleach, and and a hint of spicy buffalo. <laughs> Not a dream. Well, you do so many things, man. You do stand up. You're obviously an entrepreneur with the vision you have. You even hosted ABC News, I was reading. I did, yeah. How was was that being a newscast? Did you shuffle your papers at the end? I did not shuffle papers. It was, I was just thinking about this yesterday. It was the most like intense thing I've ever done. Like, nothing makes me nervous. Like, I've, Mm -hmm. you know, interviewed presidents, I've like messed with people in all kinds of high, but intense hidden camera situations. Nothing makes me nervous. That made me a little nervous. I was co-anchoring with Amna Nawaz, who's now the lead anchor, soon to be taking over lead anchor of PBS NewsHour. She was just on Meet the Press the other day, and she mm-hmm. and I were co-anchoring. And, like, it was it was easy on, like, light stories. And then we're going live to Brussels after the terrorist attack, and I'm like, uh, we're going out to Brussels. How Are people pretty freaked out over there? What's, what's going on? <laughs> and, like... It was not good. They're like, oh, there's a live active shooter situation at the Capitol. We're going live, Ben. Go live now. And I'm like, hey, so are, are, are people getting shot? What's going on over there? And I would, go to the, I would go to the producer afterwards, and she's like, Ben, you seemed a little nervous. I was like, well, I'm not used to dealing with live terrorist situations. My bad. It was intense, dude. It was not for me. Like, I, I pride myself that I can do most things mm-hmm. and, and most forms of entertainment I can do. I can host a game show. I can do whatever you need. Uh, I left that time at ABC News. I was on there for one week, and I said, this is not for me. Yeah. This is for other people. I, I comment I, on the world. I don't give it straight and try to be the, the calm source of yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a talent all to itself. But you said you do respond well to pressure. Uh, and in the I interview that I, I that, that I read with you, uh, it had to do with deadlines. Um, but you were terrified of being called on in class, as I was, because of my dyslexia. Reading from the book where everyone had to read a paragraph and go to the next person. Yep. Yeah, shoot me. I'd rather chew oh. tinfoil and hope to hit a filling. I can't read. <laughs> can't do that Same. at all. And you had to overcome a speech impediment, so that must have been doubly worse for you. Yeah, that was why I was like really next level freaked out when I'd be called on. I literally couldn't talk. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd be called on, and it wasn't like I would jumble words. My vocal cords would lock down, and I'd be like, I just could not make sounds come out of my vocal cords. It was very frightening to 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 think of how I went from that somehow to being on live TV in front of millions or in front of huge, you know, arenas. I've opened on tours for Chelsea Handler and Dane Cook, 12,000 people at a time. Mm-hmm. And my heart rate doesn't even raise a beat. And back in the day in front of 15 people in class, I would be like, it would, there would be nothing scarier. Like there was a boulder on my, on my yeah. chest. What was it? What, what was the, the issue? Cause it was a stutter. And I, uh, how did you overcome it? Was it psychosomatic? Was it physical? It was psychosomatic. I always knew it was. I would go to speech therapists forever, and they would teach you these like weird techniques, these physical techniques to clear a block. Like put an H sound before a hard sound. That's hard for you, like an M. Yeah. So instead of saying, hi, mom, you go, hi, hi mom, and you sound like some breathy weirdo. <laughs> and With a mother complex. <laughs> exactly right. And that was, not, that was not in the cards for me. So I, I just knew I was seeing it wrong. And like I remember the one insight that my therapist had that was very helpful for me she had me read a whole thing, and I eventually got through it, and she said, what was it about? And I go, I don't know. I was too busy reading it. I wanted to come off perfect. And she goes, first of all, there's no such thing as perfection. Secondly, don't worry so much about your presentation. Worry about the content. Mm-hmm. I was, like, being shallow. I was so worried about coming off well. I was trying to be Brian Williams instead of 
actually conveying the points and the messages. Right. And so I just realized I was seeing it wrong. And then I had all this whole series of realizations after that where like, you know, it's people's greatest fear of public speaking, but it's so ego based. You think yeah. you're so important that people not only care what you're saying, but how you're saying it. No one's expecting Martin Luther King Jr. up there. They're barely listening. They have low <laughs> expectations. If they're listening, they're trying to get one nugget of info from you or maybe a joke. They're not trying to be inspired by your cadence. Right. So get over yourself. Then take a step back and you're on a planet with 8 billion people. You think the way you're saying the one out of 8 billion people saying things right now matters? Then zoom out further and you're floating on a marble in outer space. You think on your one dot, on your one dot, on the tinier dot, floating in space out of control matters at all? Get the fuck over yourself. Yeah. And I was able to calm down and just my tension melted away and my speech problem did too. That's great. So all right, so if I'm understanding you correctly, it was a an overinflated of self-esteem or an overinflated of, of value of the opinion of others? I think it was just an overinflated sense of, of importance when you're talking. Oh, I'm speaking now. Now's my moment to shine. Oh, okay. oh now I'm... And it, I just realized... I learned to realize that it's not... It doesn't mean anything. It's mm-hmm. no different when you're speaking in front of people or performing comedy than somebody serving fries at McDonald's or working as an account executive, wherever. We're all just a cog in the machine kind of yeah. doing our own role. Okay, so it's the, it's the value of the function. You, 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 you just, it's right. just another function, and that, that helped you. It was because exactly right. I was looking for – because I know what mine – when I get a little tied up, it's because I'm connected to the outcome. I want the laugh. I want the reinforcement. And stuff, you know, we're actors. <laughs> Look what we do for we want the applause, you know. Yes, but yes. but but the the thing because I I know for my machine I want that because uh, I want to fill that hole because I have low self esteem that I have to you know overcome, right? And you have a joke in your act that I love. I've got to play this because it, it kind of hits the same nerve. <laughs> I had a date one time with a very beautiful girl by accident. I don't even know how it happened. I think I won a raffle. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> And she wanted to cook me dinner in my on-campus apartment, and she did, and she could. And we were drinking during dinner. We got a little buzz going on. And I never thought it could have gone this well. So at the end of dinner, she looks at me, and she goes, I have a very early morning tomorrow. So do you mind setting your alarm clock for me? And I swear to God, I looked at her and said, you want to borrow my alarm clock? And then I unplugged my alarm clock. <laughs> and three days later, I was walking through campus and it hit me. And I was like, no, no, no. Uh, that is great. Not only did that happen to me, I, I went on a date. I went on a date with, in high school, the most beautiful girl in our high school couldn't get a date for the prom. So my friend said, oh. said take, you know, take her to the prom. I go, and I just thought it was, I was being nice. She liked me. Damn. We. She liked me. I. I. But I couldn't process that she liked me. And you I took her to the prom, and you. And you couldn't make it happen. Could. Could. I. I never thought to try. She liked me. Yeah, I just exactly. thought I was doing a favor. I, I didn't know. You know, because she was this yes. this goddess of high school, and I was the funny yes. kid who who made made people laugh, so we didn't get beat up. You know. Yeah, that's the biggest problem. Is that forever? I mean, way after that incident, whenever I saw that girl, it was quite awkward. But. Forever after that, mm-hmm. I just like I was a real late bloomer. Like I didn't lose my virginity till very late mm-hmm. compared to most people. And even after that, I like didn't exactly know how to like make a make a move on the girl to take it to that. Like I could maybe kiss somebody eventually when I was mm-hmm. in my like early twenties, but I 
couldn't ever fathom how you could go all the way until I figured it out, but until you go all the way to like having sex with somebody, just the principle of like, I'm sorry, I'm supposed to remove somebody's underwear? <laughs> I just take off? I'm assuming she's so into this, I'm going to peel off her undergarments and just have her be naked and she's going to be fine with that? I couldn't wrap my head around the plausibility that somebody would be into that. Wow. I got over it and I became pretty good at it, but you know. Thank God. So... So you got a fiance, right? You're engaged now? Yes. All right. Yes, I am. There was one. Don't tell her. (laughs) (laughs) Is she a civilian? Is your fiance a civilian or is she in the business? She's a civilian. Thank God. She is a normal human. She's a dental hygienist, so I get free cleanings. That's the main Ah. reason we're together. And uh, she just became, a week ago, a professor of dental hygiene. So she is now, not only is that incredible, and what's that? She teaches dental hygiene? Teaches dental hygiene at a university, at a college, and uh, so not only is that really impressive and I'm very proud of her, but another of my fantasies just came true, so that's exciting. <laughs> you Both dental hygienist now. and professor in one, it's a dream come true. That's right. Okay, now we're going to rinse. <laughs> and that's her as the professor character. <laughs> yeah. You are a very funny man, my friend. Congratulations. Uh, when is the big day? When is the wedding? Thank you so much. I don't know when the wedding is. Oh, uh, so she's she very anxious. That. Yes. I yes. love you. Yeah, she's marry very anxious. Her, honey. To... When? No, Soon. she's the one actually. No, she's the one delaying it now. She was really anxious to get engaged for a long time, and I kind of made her wait four years. As soon as I asked her, mm-hmm. she's turned the tables on me. She's like, now you'll wait. We'll see what we're doing. <laughs> You really pulled a power move, dude. I don't know how she did it, but I'm like, for a while, I was like, what do you mean? Let's get married as soon as we can. I was like, oh, as soon as we can, yeah. four years later. And I'm like, fine. We're Now we're just going to wait. So now it's like kind of a, a standoff. We're just staring at each other. Both of us refuse to set a date. <laughs> That's funny. Maybe if my special blows up, we make enough money, I'll be able to get a nicer wedding. If not, we're just waiting it out. There you go. Ben, uh, people want to get a hold of you. Where do they go? Uh, my phone number is 3105. <laughs> <laughs> um, please follow me at Ben Glebe, B-E-N-G-L-E-I-B on all social media. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. It's B Glebe, Ben Glebe on Twitter. I post five videos a week of my stand-up and this political commentary, social commentary I'm doing for TYT as well. Uh, you can check that out and uh, subscribe to my podcast last week on Earth where I summarize the world every week or the weeks that I make the time to do it. Mm-hmm. And then please just watch The Mad King on YouTube. Search Glebe Special or The Mad King. And uh, if you like it, please share it, leave comments, do all the things so we can hopefully get this seen by more people and my life won't be all you know, kind of for nothing, you know? <laughs> well, I can't thank you <laughs> enough, my friend. Best to you and your family. Thank you so much. You too, Adam. This is Ben Glebe, and that was 30 Minutes. I'll never get back. He was a very interesting guy, honey. I like talking to him. Yeah. I liked how his girlfriend said, uh, you haven't done any of your to-do list. Uh, get off the couch and go see a, a shrink because I think you got a problem. That, you know what's nice? I think you have a problem. Not you're lazy and I'm not marrying you. She didn't say that. No, she didn't say that. She goes, there's, 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 there, there, there might be something wrong. Let me have you checked. No, there better be something <laughs> wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not put up with this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you know, that interview made me think. I don't know if I have ADHD, but it did make me think I do hyper-focus on things. I think I have the positive aspects of ADHD. There's a positive aspect? Yeah. What is it? You know this. I hyper-focus on things. I don't see that as a positive. I see that as as something I just have to stay out of the way of. Yeah. 
that's pretty much like, no, I can't do it yet, Adam. Yeah. No, I can't do it yet. Yeah. Or, or like you, you try and move me or give me a hug and I'm like, hold on. Yeah, that's nice. That's I nice. I even tell the dogs that. That's hold, the on, po- hold on. Hold yeah. on. <laughs> so the positive aspect of what you think you have is your is denying affection to your husband and your animals. No, I'm just super hyper focused on mm-hmm. what I'm doing. And that means I do it to detail. You know what? I looked this up. You know what famous person had this problem? I do not. Leonardo da Vinci. Really? Yeah. I don't want to hug him. I want to hug you. <laughs> he hyper focused on things. But he didn't get a whole lot done. No. That's what I also read. So, yeah, I'm kind of excited. Now, that explains a lot. What does it explain? Explains why I like to have um, a TV show going on in the background because it keeps me in that hyper-focus mode. Mm-hmm. I need background noise, too. I have a lot of that, that stuff, especially during football season. It's just it's grown men bitching and moaning about a game I saw and the highlights I saw about the game and now their opinions of the game of the highlights and the game I saw. So I get it. But does it give you more comfort or does it keep you focused? I think it gives you more comfort. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's just something that the, it distracts the crazy part of my mind that keeps me from screaming and yelling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think there's definitely certain degrees of this ADHD. Mm-hmm. So what we've learned is my ADHD is a lot better during football season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you're distracted. See, so football serves a purpose. Yes. I'm all for it. Especially if I win. Then, oh, if I hit a parlay, ah, things are right with the world. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so other things I looked up about ADHD. Go ahead. Is that you can be impulsive. Impulsiveness? Yeah. Mm, do you think I got that? I don't think I got that. No. Okay. Yeah. What else you got? Disorganization and problem prioritizing. I'm, I'm disorganized, but I, prior, I prioritize pretty well. Yeah, you do. Okay, so Maybe I don't, you don't have that. have it, Adam. Thank you. Yeah, I'm cured. <laughs> Poor time management skills. Nope, I'm good. You have that. Put I, put I that think, in your bucket. Hyperfocus. Yes. <laughs> the more we're learning about this, the more you should take the medicine. The, what is it? The tides are turning. Yes. Um, no, I don't. I can't take medicine. Are you kidding? Um, problem focusing on a task. No, no, that's not me. I don't think we both have that. Good. Trouble multitasking. I have that. I don't. No, you don't. You can do a lot of different things at once. Me, I got to do one thing. Don't talk to me. So, all right, I have that one. Okay. Excessive activity or restlessness. Yeah. That's all you. That's all me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Poor planning. Nope. I'm like a field general. I have charts and graphs and I have all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I prefer you plan things. I know. Because I'll plan everything and then you'll just show up and say, what's the plan? Yeah. And and then I'll change it. And then she changes it. Yeah. So that. It always comes out better. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. The next one is low frustration tolerance. Oh, yeah. I can't. I'll kill somebody. Yeah. Yeah. But that is you. Unless I don't eat. Then it's me too. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'll just, I'll, ta- we'll, I'll we'll take more to hit. Yeah. Okay. Um, frequent mood swings. Mm-hmm. That depends on the time of month. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, just being honest. Yeah. Okay. You are, and, and you know what? She is being honest. She really is. I come up. Hi, honey. Hello. I'm like, all right, this is going to suck for three <laughs> days. Three days. This is going to suck. As long as I have my animals around you, I am better. Yeah. And then they're cowering in the corner too. The dogs are like, hey, why do we got to go near her? Just let her pet you. Just let her pet you. <laughs> Funny. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, problems following through and completing tasks. Mm, I'm pretty, I, let's get it done now. I have a, I prioritize certain things and then I push off certain things. Yeah. So things I really want to do, I do it. Mm-hmm. Things I don't want to do, I push off. Okay. Fair enough. Um, hot temper. Hello. That's all you, Adam. I got it. Uh, trouble coping with stress. I don't have trouble. I scream and yell at the first sign of stress. The first sign of stress, everybody knows it. So 
Yeah. Yeah, like if I was in Ben's position when he was hosting the news and we had to go to a live shooter series, I'd be like, are you kidding me? Why are you watching TV? Call the police. I would have flipped out. See, I'm the opposite. I get really quiet or I get really still or and then I'm like, okay, how are we going to solve this problem? Well, when you're in a stressful situation? Yeah, it's, yeah. Re- it's weird. It's good. I know that about myself. Mm-hmm. Like when things have happened. Like are- what? Like once my, my sister put her hand through glass mm-hmm. and it was bleeding and everybody was freaking out and I'm like, Okay, everybody's staying calm. I knew exactly what to do. Put her hand up. Let's put let's tie a little tourniquet on. Keep it up. And we're going to the hospital. And I drove everyone there. That's good. Yeah. I have that too. If someone's in trouble, I can do that. I can, that switch goes off. But Mm -hmm. then we're like, but but, but what if we, then if you stop the train that I'm on, I will run you over. I can't, (laughs) I have no time to answer questions. Don't ask a question. You're either getting on this train or you're going to bleed out. So that's, you know, that's, I do have that switch that goes off in my head. Yeah. I've seen that. And I know to get on that train, Mm. like you have a, sometimes you don't have time to explain why you're doing something. Mm -hmm. You're just like, just get on back. And you're like, okay. Yeah. And then everything works out. Yeah. You should be more open. Nope. Not in a, not in a pressure situation. We got to get out of this. We'll, we'll discuss later. When the bullets stop flying over our head, then we can chat. Until right. then, let's fall. You know, we got to take this hill. Right. Now, like little situations that happen, mm-hmm. I get kind of stressed out. What? Like, I can't find my favorite dress. Oh, God. That's what I Someone took it. Yeah. Someone stole the dress. We had an apartment in New York. She couldn't find something. The superintendent stole my dress. That's when I realized, oh, I'm just going to let her scream and go get her some chocolate. Because I know what. Smart man. I know what this is about. I can hyper focus and be calm in a very life or death situation, but I lose it over misplacing a garment. Yeah. And if it gets really bad, I'm going to Canada and I'm getting some weed out of a vase that Ben stashed. Oh my gosh, how funny was that? I know. And then right when he starts smoking, he's like, oh, wait a second, I left that. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. That's great. You just see that realization coming over him and he's high and then he's hungry. What are you going to eat? I have a chicken cutlet uh, <laughs> with Hilarious. I want to thank Ben Glee for being my guest. Yeah, Ben, and thank you for helping me diagnose. You know how that always turns out well. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Great. Now, now here's the thing, honey. We both can't be crazy at the same time. No, right? and I don't think we should be self-diagnosing. No, we shouldn't. If, uh, if people want to get a hold of us, where do they go? The Adam Farrar at Gmail. Uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, please come see me on the road. I will make you laugh. Uh, we still have T-shirts. Uh, a bunch of people bought some T-shirts. They just told me so. They're still available. There's a link for those in the show notes. Uh, if you get a chance to leave us a review, that helps us with our friend. Mr. Algorithm. And remember, we are in this together, brothers and sisters. So share the road. Life is hard. So you take it easy on yourself. The pot has ended. Go in peace. It's, it's not nervous energy. I got to move. No, it, you you. No, I think you could pace. If you stay still, it bothers you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's tougher to hit a moving target. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you have a lot more problems than ADD. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. 
Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.